time for another episode of Scoop Six. So welcome, neighbors. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you. I'm greeting you at the door with a hug, the Instagram live door. Here you go. Here you go. Hey, neighbors. So good to see you. Welcome back for Scoop Sits, where we sit on this great virtual stoop together. We shoot the breeze and try to apply a little yogic wisdom to this crazy thing called life. I see you. I see you coming in. I love the visual of us all scooting over as each person joins in live. I love the idea of the rest of us scooting over and going, oh, no, come here. Oh, sit by me. Oh, here, have a nice tea or something. These are the fantasies I play in my head. Beth says, you just finished Here Comes the Sun. Well, I hope that little smiley face with hearts means you liked it. I got to tell you guys, I am having such a blast just um, getting to like lick my finger and put it up into the air and say, what are the wins today? And what kind of practice do I want to create for folks today? It's not like I haven't done that, but I didn't ever feel like I'd done that for online home practices. When I was at my yoga online or when I was at Gaia, I didn't feel that same process. And so now that I'm doing it all myself, I get to enjoy that process and dang, I'm enjoying it. So um, your feedback means the world to me. And here I'm not talking about praise feedback. I'm talking about let me know what you feel like you need on your day to day. And thank you to many of you that filled out the um, online survey that I sent out in my last email, or my, not my last, but my second to last, because I got some really great sense of the durations that are working for you and the topics that are of interest to you. I'm getting a lot of core strengthening, so you know I love that. Hey, everyone. Hey, oh, Jenna B is here. So we're back on the stoop, scooch on in, scooch on in. Um, yeah, so as if the world wasn't intense enough uh, as it is, uh, it's my birthday this week. And so far this year, anyone who's had a birthday, let's call it post-COVID or like during the quarantine, I always feel like a little tenderness, like it's got to be a weird time to, to have a birthday. And now it's my turn. It's my birthday this week and I'm turning 48 in case you want to know. Yes, I was born in 1972. Oh, by the way, I'll tell you just because you're here. What I, Thanks so much for the happy birthdays. What I'm working on um, in my spare time is I'm making a 48th birthday playlist that includes a song that I enjoy from every year of my life, from 1972 to 2020. And I'm having a blast making it. I'm only up to 1990 in my creation so far. And it's hard. It's really hard when you have things like you're choosing between Prince or Madonna, or you're choosing, you know, between... I don't know, like David Bowie and Donna Summer. You're like, they're so good. So anyway, that's going to come. I'm going to put that in my next email newsletter. So anyway, back to it. It's my birthday this week. And I don't have any uh, weirdness around uh, my age, like, you know, getting older. 
I'm totally cool with that. Part of that is because I think um, I don't at my age, whatever that means. Uh, but I, I am so stuck in like my early 20s uh, that behavior-wise and, and music-wise and fashion-wise that um, I don't trip on my age at all because it's like 1992, right? Um, but the one thing I do... Uh, when it's my birthday is I, uh, you know, reflect. I like to look back um, and it's not so much in a cheesy way as it is a, a mindfulness way. Um, so this is the first time I feel like I'm looking back. And those of you that are 48 or older, like you've already been here, maybe you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I, this is the first time that I remember in my annual reflection, and I'm usually camping when I do this, so it's a little easier than doing it at home, but I, it's the first time I feel like I'm really owning my experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is tied into the fact that I think I'm still 20, is that I have never really owned wisdom, you know, which is something I think is reserved for people that are like 80s and 90s, you know, they've seen a lot. But surprise, surprise, apparently that sense that you've seen a lot happens when you turn 48. So if you haven't yet, you have that to look forward to. But it may also be related to the fact that there's a lot of stuff going on in uh, yoga land, as I like to call it, or the, the world of yoga right now. And it's inviting me in a way to reflect on uh, over 20 years of experience as a professional teacher and I don't think I've done anything other than like be a sister for for that long you know so uh, you're like wow I've seen some shit you know I've seen some shit I've learned some shit like I remember when goat yoga happened a lot of people that I know kind of got frustrated and upset about that uh, the cultural appropriation piece, the kind of farm animal piece. And, and I wasn't a fan. If you're a fan, rock on. I wasn't a fan. But at the same time, I, I didn't worry because I feel like I, I'd seen shit come and go. And so that's not what I'm talking about here, this, this reflection thing. As I, as I round the bend into 48, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reflection on the, the accumulation of wisdom. And that got me thinking about, you know, my one of my favorite topics. I, I write about it. I talk about it. It's this idea of continually being mindful to the behavioral patterns we get in, the behavioral grooves. That's my favorite phrase, behavioral grooves. Jenna says, wait, are you saying that go yoga is over? I think so, girl. I don't know. I've not seen it. Maybe llama yoga took over. But anyway, I digress. So you know that one of my favorite topics is that um, we slide into behavioral grooves. Of course we do. We're constantly trying to make things efficient, you know. Uh, that's what humans are especially good at that, right? We try to make things efficient so that we can sort of get them over with or whatever. Um, and so we, we adopt behavioral grooves, patterns. And that's great, right? If you're trying to make like doing the dishes more efficient, yeah, that's a good behavioral groove to get into unless you can find some zen in the dishes. I haven't yet achieved that level of zen, so I don't, I don't know um, about that. But 
do you know what I'm saying? Like there are some behavioral groups that are pretty benign, but then there are other behavioral groups that can either harm us and others or at the very least limit us and others. And I read something the other day, a little phrase that, that was a great opportunity for reflection. And since I'm in like the 48 years old reflection mode, it was perfect timing. And it was this, that healing is unlearning your patterns. Healing is unlearning your patterns. And well, I love anything that makes me think. Hmm, don't you? That's like a good show is one that makes you trip out on it. Like, but I love anything that makes me think. And I'm not sure that if I wrote that, I would word it in the exact same way because it feels a little simplistic for me, which I'm going to expound upon, of course. <laughs> um, but it was a great like diving off point, right? Healing is unlearning your patterns. So then I'm like, oh, what does that mean for me? Because, you know, self-centered. <laughs> so what does that mean for me? Well, for me, healing is unlearning your patterns is more of a three-part process. And this is where I like to connect this stupid, you know, to yoga. Because this is what I'm doing in my head all the time. Yoga is not something I do an hour a day. I'm living yoga, right? It's a living practice where I'm constantly applying the teachings of yoga to everyday life. And so I apply it there. So the first thing for me in terms of what is unlearning then? Well, what's required for unlearning your patterns? For me, number one is just recognizing them, right? Becoming aware of them recognizing them and then you want to unpack that and you go well how do I recognize my patterns well just like going to therapy like effectively going to therapy I think it requires that you acknowledge maybe my patterns deserve a look in other words maybe I ain't perfect yet <laughs> right so maybe there's something here to explore. And that requires great humility right there. That requires bravery and courage because you just don't know what you're going to find. So for me, unlearning your patterns starts with recognizing your patterns. And recognizing your patterns starts with an acknowledgement that they deserve a look. That maybe as much as they're protecting you or making things efficient for you, maybe they deserve a look. And maybe you ain't perfect yet. So it's always good to go back and check and check and check and poke at things a little bit. So for me, unlearning starts with recognizing your patterns, which starts with acknowledging they, they might need a look. Then I think it's interesting, you know what I'm about to say, I bet, to unpack. Mm to unpack your patterns. That's what I love to do, where it's like, well, shit, why did I start doing this? Why would I do this? Where did this come from? Right? That, I think, is deeply powerful to identify at what point, where in our lives, when in our lives, who in our lives impacted this pattern. Because from that, we can begin to develop compassion for other people that are hooked in their patterns, y'all. For ourselves, too. You can go, well, shit, of course I did this. My parents were fighting all the time. 
You know, I love looking at personality traits I have that, you know, the culture celebrates. But I know that those patterns are all about me being an eldest child in a, in a really turbulent household and trying to create stability. You know what I'm saying? That stuff is really interesting. So I recognize not only my patterns, but the patterns I'm hooked in. And then I get to unpack the why. Why did those patterns start? And in doing that, I can have compassion for, in this case, with this example, little Gina, right? And then when I see someone else, someone in my life or someone I know who is so clearly hooked in one of their own patterns, I can remember, remember when I unpacked mine and I identified where that came from and it didn't come from me just being an evil, horrible person. It came probably from me being scared or trying to prevent something or trying to control something. Right? So a lot of times, patterns are our ego's way of protecting us. Yoga gives us the tools to be aware of those. Then yoga gives us the tools to take action on those. Right? All right, so first we have to recognize our patterns, acknowledge they might need a look. Then we can unpack our patterns, consider the where, the when, the why, and develop some compassion for why they're there, that maybe our ego is trying to protect us. And then lastly is the action item, really, like the disruption. I love that word, disruption. The disruption of our patterns, right? It's where, like, lots of things, we know, we can, universally we're sharing a disruption that is this COVID right now, right? So we've had a major disruption. Well, we disrupt our patterns. And then the question becomes, how? How do you disrupt your patterns? You became aware of them, you unpacked them, you generated some compassion around where they came from, why they came about, and now disrupt. How do we do that? This is where I think yoga can really, really come in. So I wanted to give you my suggestions for the third part of unlearning your patterns is the disruption. First, I'll just tell y'all, Meditation is the number one tool for becoming aware of your patterns, and that's how you disrupt them, right? Becoming aware. Meditation allows us to self-witness. I think the, the short de de definition of what meditation is, is cultivate the inner witness. So it's not just the person having the thoughts. It is the person also who is observing the one having the thoughts. They're all you. But when you cultivate the inner witness, that part of you becomes stronger and more prominent in your life. When I said earlier, hooked in a pattern, that's the ego level of yourself. The inner witness is not that level. So meditation strengthens the inner witness. And those of you that have been here on the stoop with me before, this is Vinyana Maya Kosha, the fourth layer of our consciousness. Third layer is where all the hooking and patterning happens. Fourth layer is where we observe from. So meditation really strengthens that fourth layer of your consciousness, brings it forward, right? So it becomes more prominent. So meditation, whatever that looks like, you've just got to find the one that you can do every day. And ideally, it's one that allows you to observe the fluctuations of your lower mind, that third level that gets hooked. You'll learn what you're hooked in because that's the shit you think about when you're trying to meditate. So first meditation. 
The second suggestion I have is that you know I'm an advocate of moving your body. I think that energy wants to move. Like the nature of energy is that it wants to move. And so I think that our mind and our patterns can become impacted when we're not moving our bodies. There's not a one right way to move your body. There's move your body or not move your body. That's basically it. But what I would recommend is that when you embrace a physical practice, whether it's yoga, running, cycling, hiking, you know, whatever it is, that you have at least some of those sessions solo so that you can really observe things like energy moving, sensations in your body, breath, because that then makes it more mindful. Here's an example of movement that isn't bad, but it's not what I'm talking about. Get on the gauntlet at the gym or the treadmill and watch like the Today Show. Look, that's better than a lot of things, but it's not really going to strengthen your ability to disrupt your patterns, to unpack your patterns, to witness your patterns, because it's movement while your mind is elsewhere. So what I'm getting at is movement where your mind is in the movement, in the movement, the cadence, the rhythm, the movements of prana, the sensations in your body, the sensations of your breath, right? Okay, so meditation, number one disruptor pattern. Movement, mindful movement, number two disruptor pattern. And the third is really about space, the importance and value of creating space in your life, right? So when we recognize the value of space, where you give yourself space, hold on, Teddy Ray says, is music okay during the movement? It depends, is my answer. It depends. If you're really tuning out into the music and you're not aware of anything internally, then I would say it won't really work. But if somehow you're incorporating it and the music is inviting you more inward towards that observation, then I think it can work. That might require some experimenting. All right, so to recap, meditation, excellent tool for the disruption, right? Second, Physical movement, energy desires to move, you can use that desire, be aware of it, be aware of it. And the third thing is space, create space in our lives. Space, I have learned in my primary relationship with my husband, space, having little moments of space is like the most valuable marital tool I've ever experienced. Space between action, reaction, right? But that's a nice idea. I'm saying that a practice that you can embrace before you try to apply it to something that involves another person is really just apply it to yourself. Give yourself some space. Instead of packing things, you know, tail to nose or whatever that phrase is, that you give yourself some space, a little breathing room. And this means something happens, give yourself some space. Hey, here's the hard part with space. If people are expecting, kind of standing there, like staring, literally, or it feels like they are, waiting, take that space, y'all. You're going to feel pressured to, to, to just oh, respond. 
I'm saying take that space. However, quote, weird that might seem to the other person, take that space. I'm going to need a minute. Let me breathe on this for a while. I want to unpack how I feel about this. Whatever phrase feels authentic to you, take your space. And that's, I just gave an example of if you're dealing with another person, but even within yourself. I say this as someone who likes to get shit done. And that means I don't value space that much. I have to make a point of saying, you know what, I bet space would help this a little. Take some. I know, I see you, Gina. You wanna just make something happen. But you know what, take some space. And if you do that enough, if you force some space on yourself enough, I think you gradually begin to value it, see its benefit. Because for me, space is the difference between reaction and response. Reaction and response. So even when it feels like the world is breathing down your neck to react, 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 I'm just saying responses tend to be better received, tend to be better received, and they're more thoughtful and intentional in general. So all of that is about unlearning your patterns. If healing is unlearning your patterns, then how do we unlearn? I say first, become aware of the patterns, acknowledge they deserve another look. Second, unpack them. Where did this come from? Why did I start doing this? That stage develops compassion. Third, disruption. Disrupt your pattern. How do you do that? Space, space. So what are the practices that will help us in this? Meditation, mindful movement, and emphasis prioritizing space, space. I hope that's of some benefit. That's what I'm thinking about on my 48th birthday week. These are the things I'm committing to. I'm not coming on here so much to teach you as I am coming on here to share. May it be of benefit. You know what I'm saying? This is what's going through my mind this week. I've chosen a life where I have space to think about shit, ponder shit, practice shit. And now I'm lucky enough that you're willing to come here on the stoop with me and listen to what I'm going through and sharing in the hopes that it's of some value to you, that it, at the very least, gives you an opportunity for reflection. Not that we think and feel the same way, but maybe it's like the quote was for me. It's like, oh yeah, that's not exactly how I feel, but I wanna think about how I do feel about that. So that's my great hope. And then as always, as much as I'd like for us to all go to lunch together after we sit on the stoop, we meditate together. We meditate together. And this is always tied into the things I'm talking about. This is a wholeness meditation where we meditate to become aware of our wholeness and our complexity. So let's do that. This is my Kosha's meditation that we've been enjoying week after week after week. So let's do this thing, nabes. My nabes. Let me give you one more hug before we meditate. Mm, big squeeze. This is the benefit if you're on Instagram live with me right now, you actually get to see the hug. Our listeners on the podcast, you're going to have to feel it through your ears. All right. So find a workable seat. You might be on a cushion, legs might be crossed, they might be straight. But once you get there, I'd love for you to turn your palms down on your thighs. 
that supports a feeling of groundedness in the present experience. If you feel yourself right now being torn between staying here for this meditation and going off and doing something else, hey, all I'm going to do is consider the possibility that whatever it is you're about to do would benefit from you sitting here for another few minutes of mindfulness. So palms down on your thighs. Take a moment now to witness your physical body. This is the first layer of consciousness, Anamaya Kosha. Become aware of the sensations of you rooting down through your sitting bones into whatever is beneath you and rising up through the crown of your head into the ethers. And then observe those two sensations at the same time, the rooting and the rising, the union of the rooting and rising. And then witness their union point. That would be your abdomen toning, your back muscles activating. So observe the poles and then the space in between. Notice how you've been feeling in your body today or lately without judgment. More of an assessment, like a scientist not a judge. Observing in this way just helps you make smarter decisions, tells you when to take rest, tells you when to activate, and so on. And now let's go deeper into ourselves, that portal between physical and energetic, your breath. Become aware of the sensations of your breath, air as it passes from your outer nostrils to your inner nostril, back of your throat to your lungs, and then everything in reverse. Become aware of how your energy has been moving lately or today. Not a judgment, just an assessment. Is it feeling chaotic? Is it feeling sluggish? Is it feeling some weird combination of the two? Energy wants to move. But it can also start spinning out of control, particularly mental energy. And go deeper into the third layer of your consciousness. This is lower mind. This is where the patterning happens. And just become aware the nature and tone of your lower mind lately. So many opportunities all day long to witness. Have you been feeling anxious, 
frustrated, angry, joyful, irritable, some weird combination of multiples. Everything is always changing, changing. Nothing is permanent. Where have you been hooked lately? And go even deeper. Now we're at the witness layer I spoke of, Vinyana Maya Kosha, the witness layer. This is that wise vantage point from which you observe patterns, the unlearning. It's from this layer that we can compost things that aren't going to turn into wisdom. Discernment happens on this layer. This I can let go, this I can compost, this I can unlearn for my benefit and the benefit of all beings. This is the layer on which we experience compassion. We're getting hooked in that third layer. And then go deeper. Ananda Maya Kosha, the bliss layer of your being, of your consciousness. This layer may feel distant in turbulent times. The real practice of yoga is to remember this is your true nature. This is always there. There is a bliss that is unimpacted by world events, by people, by the weather, by anything. This is a bliss that comes strictly from the recognition that you're alive again today, that you are one with all beings. Once again, the third layer of our consciousness tries to protect us and makes us forget this. Get this bliss, this oneness. Go deeper still. Head into Atman, your soul. It is this part of ourselves seek to connect with others from. When we say namaste, when we say I see you, it's from this soul level of our being. I see our oneness. Despite your exterior and all the other layers, that which is divine in me recognizes that which is divine in you, soul to soul. 
when you pan out, my neighbors, pan out, witness your wholeness from skin to soul. See how that you can be a physical body experiencing sensations that change, some pleasurable, some not pleasurable. At the same time, you can be an energetic being who may be flowing freely, flowing erratically. At the same time, you're a lower mind, a mental being, having emotions, ego patterning, getting hooked, getting happy, getting sad. And at the same time, you are wisdom incarnate, the onboard observer witnessing it all. And at the same time, you are bliss and connection and oneness. And at the same time, you are divine. You can be all these things at the same time. See that in yourself so that you may see it in others with the eyes of compassion. Now, beloveds, please place your hands together in front of your hearts so that we can dedicate the merits of this coming together on the virtual stoop, our stoop sits. We can dedicate the merits of our stoop sit to all beings. We have been fortunate enough to find each other here. May we now amplify the power of this gathering by offering its merits out to all beings, beginning with those whose lives we touch. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace. Hmm. Thank you so much. This is the highlight of my week to come sit on the virtual stoop with you. Talk. And then these meditations, when I open my eyes and I see you still here, it fills me with a lot of hope. It fills me with a lot of hope. You are the seekers. You are what the world has been waiting for. I believe that. I mean it. Hmm. Thank you. I see you. I see you. Thanks for the birthday wishes. I am going to have a great week. I don't know what I'm going to do for my birthday. Probably the same thing I've been doing for the last three months. <laughs> uh, if you guys have any words of wisdom for me, please share them. I love to hear from you. I really do. Those of you that do send me notes, I, I appreciate it so much because I think sometimes it's like uh, you assume someone else is doing it, but then maybe no one is. And I do love to hear from you. And I feel like it's more important than ever right now. So just want you to know how much I appreciate it. And um, let's see. I've got some um, home practices cooking. I just um, released a new one. Um, and I've got three more that are coming out. 
and I wanted to share them with you because they came really directly from the, the survey that a lot of you uh, filled out. One of them is a post-workout recovery practice. Um, so I, that's great on the topic of moving your body. Um, I, I recently got really, really sore, and I was inspired to create that class, the post-workout recovery practice. And then there's another one that, that many of you asked for fluid and flowing practices. So I created a water element practice that's called quench. And that will be uh, coming soon. And then a lot of you asked for balance practices. Um, so I created one called Come Into Focus that has some balance postures in it. And those are phenomenal for cultivating uh, focus and that inner witnessing. Uh, so those are coming soon. Those are That's what I'm working on right now. Those will be launched any minute now. Um, that's all on my website. And I've just created new ways for you to filter classes by the duration you want, by the vibe that you want, and by the uh, focal point that you want. So uh, check that out and see if there's anything for you. And um, I'd love it if you shared with friends that maybe I haven't met yet. Um, that would be great. I saw Devola said, got this book uh, that popped up. Means I need to read this again. Breath Walk by Singh Khalsa. I don't know that one. So there you go. Um, thank you guys so very much. Um, I hope that you have a great rest of your week and that this is not the last we see of each other. I'll be doing the Daily Dice Reality Riff. Uh, those are always fun. And uh, yeah, stay in touch. So um, thank you once again for being here. Those of you diehards that have been here every day, remember this is also a podcast. You're here live while we're recording it. Uh, but for anyone that missed it, came in late, or you want to share it with someone else, you can either watch it again on IGTV or it's a podcast uh, that you can also get to via my website or workableday.com. So uh, take good care, my friends. Thank you once again for lighting up my life. I appreciate you.